This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hey, remember this story from a couple weeks ago? A bar in Wisconsin was offering to pay everyone's bar tab if uh, Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets lost. Obviously, Wisconsin, Green Bay Packers Mm -hmm. country, right? Um, Well, the bar in question was packed for the Jets game against the Bills on Monday, and the place erupted when Aaron Rodgers went out with an injury. Because the stipulation is Aaron Rodgers has to start the game. Yeah. Doesn't say anything about him him finishing the game. As long as the Jets lose, your bar tab is paid for. So people were just drinking like crazy. Yeah. And he went down right at the start of the game. Exactly. So he got like two hours to drink. People were pounding him back. <laughs> Thinking that this was going to be on the house. They're probably calling their buddies, too. Get down here! (laughs) Um, And then, of course, we know what happens. The the local news team was live at the bar, too, Hmm. during the game. So, there's a loud roar when Rodgers leaves the game hurt in the first quarter. And the mood has changed considerably. That is because the Jets just won the game on a long touchdown in overtime. You can take a look. This is the reaction from a bar where people are realizing the bar tabs, they've been racking up all night. The bar was going to be paying that tab. It is setting in. They are going to have to go to the bar and pay that tab. Yeah, it could be worse. Oh, uh, yeah, because at least you still got all the things you ate and consumed. Yeah, it's not like you just paid $75 million guaranteed for a quarterback who <laughs> tore his Achilles on the fourth play. Playing for your team. A few plays into game one. He's coming out of the game. Yesterday we found out what many suspected. Aaron Rodgers is going to be out. He's not going to be playing for the New York Jets for the rest of the season. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. And now Rodgers sits down. A few plays into game one. He's coming out of the game. (laughs) Cursed franchise, man. Four Mm -hmm. plays in with the new quarterback. And he tears his Achilles tendon. What's that feel like, I wonder? Ah, dude, I remember watching, I think it was, was it Hostel? I forget what movie, but there's a movie where they cut somebody's Achilles. And it's, I I don't know if I've ever seen anything more disturbing. It gives you the heat. Yeah, no, it's sensitive. Do you hear a pop? (laughs) I don't want to remember. (laughs) We've got Dr. Ryan Arbo on the show here. He is a sports medicine specialist. Doctor? Hello. Hello. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. We are good. Better than Aaron Rodgers. Fair enough. So, actually, uh, when you guys asked me to uh, talk about this, you didn't know that I've torn my Achilles tendon. How did you do that? Um, intramural uh, dodgeball. <laughs> Man, you should have said base jumping. Uh, I, I know. Parkour. It was, actually, it was a parkour it was, accident. It was, it was during it was during residency. As a bunch of uh, resident doctors playing intramural dodgeball, I went back. Uh, it was pretty classic story. I uh, went back, planted on my foot, went to throw the ball. And it was one of those small gyms. I thought it was a ball hitting the wall that I heard. Apparently, it was my, me hearing my own tendon snap. Good Lord. So you do hear a noise when your Achilles yes. snaps. What yes. did it sound like? Like a... it, it, it sounded like, I, honestly, I thought it was the ball hitting the wall in the gym. What did it feel like? Pain instantly, um, or did it take a second for you to realize? Is it like you don't notice until you try and put weight on it? Yeah, it honestly wasn't terrible. It was one of those times where I kind of thought that um, I'd rolled my ankle. 
And then, yeah. you know, sometimes you roll your ankle, you give it a little shake, um, give it a few seconds, and then you're okay. So then I tried to wait there a few times, and then finally I felt the back of my heel, and my Achilles was gone. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> so fun fact, if you uh, snap your Achilles, this is what it sounds like, according to Dr. Arbo. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yep. Oh man, but this is uh, this is not an easy uh, thing to recover from. Obviously, if Aaron Rodgers is out long, for the entire season, road. yeah. What kind of it stuff is he going to be going through for the next uh, five six months? So, um, as far as the rehab goes, it's a good kind of year before you're back to anywhere close to normal. So, a lot of Achilles are treated non-operatively now. Um, so I had a complete tear. I was treated non-operatively. That being said, a lot of the professional athletes will sometimes do the operative route, although there is evidence that it actually makes no difference because um, you're basically kind of sewing spaghetti back together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for you know the uh, non-operative route, you're basically non-weight-bearing for about six weeks in an air cast, and you're weight-bearing for six weeks in an air cast, and um, kind of go from there and a lot of physio in between. They're saying he's out for the year. Uh, would you mm-hmm. speculate, Dr. Arbo, that this could be a career-ending injury for Aaron Rodgers? Well, I mean, he's uh, he's getting up there, right? I don't know what his actual age is. Well, getting up there, I believe. And, and he's almost 40, uh, yeah. Almost, yeah, almost 40 with uh, an Achilles injury in the NFL. Like, that is not, that's a tough injury to come back from. So this certainly could be career-ending injury. There's no question about it. You know, if he was 10 years younger, then that's a different story. And that's why your agent makes sure that $75 million in the contract is <laughs> yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, four plays, $75 million. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be trying Not to bad. do it on purpose. If I, I know. It's Rogers. funny because when we answered the phone call or we first brought yeah. you on the line, we said we're doing better than Aaron Rodgers, but we're not. He's doing pretty yeah. good still. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah, I could do the rehab again for $75 million, I think. The Taz and Jim Podcast. You'd think Coke learned their lesson back in the 1980s when they uh, got rid of the old recipe and came out with new Coke. The lesson, people hate change. <laughs> but they're, they're doing it again. There is a new flavor of Coca-Cola that has just been released, I believe, only in the United States. Let us know if you see cans of this in Canada. Um, they've got a creation series. This is not overtaking the classic Coke recipe. You're still going to be able to get your Coke, your Coke Zero, your Diet Coke, all that stuff. But these are just like um, limited time flavors for now that they're putting into the marketplace. And this new one apparently tastes like the future. Okay. The recipe was created by AI. Oh, God. Can we just say AI? Do I need to explain artificial intelligence? It's been every day a new AI has somehow taken somebody's job, and now soda taste person (laughs) and soda creator is now AI's job? Yeah, Coca-Cola recipe person is now uh, a robot. Uh, So the new flavor created by AI is called Coca-Cola Y3000. I hate it already. They say the flavor profiles 85 to 90% Coke with a 10 to 15% twist of something unexpected. 
I, I want to know specifics before yeah. I take a sip of this thing. Especially if it's created by a robot. Is it poison? Are you eliminating humanity? That's what I was thinking. I don't want to be the first one to yeah, try it. No thanks. <laughs> it it's even, all an elaborate ruse. It even sounds like a Terminator. Coca-Cola, it's the Y3000. Yeah. Yeah, or like Y2K. It sounds like death one way or the other. <laughs> it does not sound like it's great for humanity, no. but maybe it's delicious. But maybe it's the robots different. The robots are still looking out for us, Jim. They haven't realized how disgusting humans are yet. <laughs> they haven't realized we're a plague yet. <laughs> well, like it's only 10% different, so I'm wondering how bad it could possibly be or how good then it could be. Well, it depends how bad or how good you think the future's going to be, mm-hmm. Jim, because that's what it tastes okay, like. Well, terrible it is. All right, let's do this, Jim. You ready to call Jake the Snake, oh. WWE Hall of Famer? Absolutely, man. Got his number here. Let's see if we can get him on the line. Jake the Snake Roberts. Hello, it's Taz and Jim calling from Canada looking for Jake the Snake. This is Jake. Jake, how are you? Wonderful. Well, it's great to have you uh, join us here, and uh, we're excited to spend some time with you on the weekend at London Comic Con. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. I enjoy getting out there with the fans and just doing it all, man, hearing their story. Are you surprised? You know, all these years later that there's still such engagement from people when they hear the name Jake the Snake Roberts? It, it blows me away. Uh, these young kids that come up to me, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, and they know exactly who I am. And it just blows me away. It's the beauty of YouTube, right? They mm-hmm. can watch the videos over and over again of your matches. I, I When I was a young, probably about eight, I saw you at the old London Gardens, and I don't oh, know yeah. if I don't know if you'd remember this because I'm sure this kind of thing happened to you all the time. But on your way out to the ring, somebody threw a uh, a full pop at you, and you didn't appreciate it very much, if I remember correctly. Oh, why would I? I thought it was a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of those things? Because if somebody hits you with a pop. You know they hate you, and if you're playing a heel, then you got them in the palm of your hand. But also, you do not want to get hit by pop. So, how do you feel about that? You got them in the palm of your hand, but there's a line you cross. Yeah, I mean, a pop's not bad, but a a battery from a phone would be. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. What's the worst uh, interaction you ever had with with a fan? Oh, a guy stood up and shot at me. No way. Oh yeah. With a pistol? Yeah. Come on. Where was that? In Dallas, Texas. He got three shots off at me. Holy. Thank God he was a lousy shot. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Was the snake okay? Yeah, the snake was fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when you yeah. throw the snake back at him, right? <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> We've heard rumors that you weren't even a big snake guy and that uh, no. it took a while for you to get used to having that thing around your neck. Is that true? You never, you never get used to it. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, you got to use the restroom. 
you go into the bathroom, the snake's in the bathtub, <laughs> and you pull your junk out, no thanks. <laughs> I feel inadequate, uh, number one. Yeah, so yeah. the snake was your responsibility, though, when you're out on tour yeah, with the WWE. There wasn't a snake guy that you passed the bag yeah. off to. That thing is your traveling companion. Real pain in the ass. Jake the Snake Roberts. A great uh, documentary if you haven't seen it. The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Check it out. I wanted to give you a kudos, Jake, because in that documentary, especially at the start, you don't come off looking like a great guy. You've had your demons. You've struggled with uh, substance abuse. And thanks to the help of friends like Diamond Dallas Page and you starting to do the yoga, um, you were able to overcome your addictions. I'm assuming a lot of people come up to you and talk about how brave that was of you to bear your soul to the world like that. Yeah, the numbers have been uh, unreal. Just uh, the number of people that have came to me and said that it's helped them take that first step. And uh, it's always good to get a letter from a kid saying, hey, thanks for helping my dad. Yeah. You know. Was it almost impossible to stay on the straight and narrow back in the day? Because it was a different kind of environment. You're on the road. You're taking pills to deal with the pain and the booze, I'm sure, helped in that way, too. Yeah. Seven days a week, man. We didn't have any days off. Yeah, that's crazy. What do you think? What do you think about Vince McMahon? I know you're in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, what was your relationship with him like? Because uh, I've heard mixed reviews. I, I really try not to think about Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing it Sorry. up, Jim. Wow. Yeah. I'm curious. That's yeah, not going to be dinner conversation on Saturday. <laughs> you know, I, I've never met a billionaire I like. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you you can't get to be a billionaire by being the nicest guy in the world, right? No, no, you're taking somebody's money. I would say that Jake the Snake, because of you, there's probably a very high population of guys named Jake in the world. Whether or not they like it, their nickname is now also Jake the Snake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've met a bunch of those. (laughs) I always ask for a picture of the mom. <laughs> uh, got a couple questions here from some uh, wrestling sure. fans. They sent them in. Uh, ask Jake the Snake, who's the best wrestler never to win a world championship? Me. You never did. You never won the heavyweight title. Nope. I'm shocked. So am I. <laughs> did, was there talk ever of you getting that shot or. No. They didn't no. even give you the chance, huh? Not even a wink. What about uh, Rick Martel when he sprayed you in the eyes with perfume before yeah. WrestleMania Seven? Uh, right. Has your eyesight ever fully recovered from that? Oh yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was never in danger. I have a question about your finisher, the DDT. It seems so ubiquitous right. everywhere now. Like almost every wrestler has it in their repertoire, but you were the first guy to bust sure. that out. Where did that come from? It was an accident. Really? Yeah, I was uh, had a front face lock on a guy, and he went to push me into the corner, and he stepped on my foot, so therefore we fell. It knocked him out. And, uh, <laughs> it was bored. Right on. Stood the test of time. Some of the best ideas uh, come into the world by accident. Absolutely. 
Well, Jake, uh, we look forward to having dinner with you and a listener. We're having a steak with Jake the Snake at Chop Steakhouse, raising money for the fight to end homelessness, which is a great cause as you're in town for London Comic Con this weekend. Um, Jim Kelly, our own Jim, sitting right here, he's getting in the boxing ring um, for the fight to end homelessness. He's got a big fight coming up in November. Would you give him any advice here before he fights for the first time? Run. <laughs> That's probably the best advice I've got so far. <laughs> All right. We'll talk more strategy on Saturday night, but we appreciate you helping the cause. And I know there's a lot of wrestling fans in the Taz and Jim listening area who can't wait to see you at London Comic Con this weekend. Jake the Snake Roberts, appreciate having you on the show. Great to be here. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. There's some other big soda pop news out there this week jim yes uh mcdonald's has announced that they will no longer have the self-fill soda stations at their north american mcdonald's location so the pop is going back behind the counter and you can't mix and match or put as much ice in as you want like you used to be able to for the last maybe 10 20 years almost or get a cup and say you're just gonna get water and then fill it with sprite classic not that i'd ever considered doing something like that now they're saying it's to have a more (laughs) consistent experience at all their locations uh but to me it seems like people are probably just going in and stealing pop like there seems to be a new trend where everybody's just running into whatever stores, grabbing yeah, as much yeah. as they can and leaving. And I'm sure the pop is the same thing. Well, it's like uh, the self checkouts. A lot of places are now getting rid of self checkouts because they realize that if you trust people to scan items and pay for them, they will steal. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, Oops, <laughs> just, I forgot about that one. Yeah. So the self checkouts are kind of uh, being questioned now. Also. The grocery store near my house, and I think grocery stores across Ontario have done this now. You used to be able to walk in freely. like the You'd have the sliding door would open. You could just walk in and out of the store. Yeah. Now there's like almost a turnstile thing that you have to go through, and they've put up railings all around the entrance to the store. Hmm. So basically once you go into the store, you can't turn around and walk out unless you go all the way around the grocery store and walk through one of the checkout counters. Interesting. Because, yeah, at the superstore near my place, they've done a similar thing, and the, the turnstile is now like an automatic gate that locks or lets you through, like right. red light or green light. There's like six self-checkouts, but the, there has to be a person to push the button and let you through after you self-checkout. There's like a... A, a toll corral. booth person. Yeah. It's like a corral. Yeah. So sometimes if the person's not paying attention, you're like, can I get out of here? Do you think I stole something? Okay, now I got permission. And I'm sure that's just to enhance our customer experience. <laughs> yeah. It has nothing to do with loss prevention, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you got to do something. <laughs> yeah. I've never done it, of course. Wouldn't even consider it. Sure. But... The way they had it set up before would have been pretty easy just to run in, grab as many groceries as you can, and run out. Oh, totally, yeah. Like they're doing at LCBOs. Oh, yeah, you see videos everywhere. It seems to be uh, on the upswing, so they're taking precautions there. It also sucks, speaking of the McDonald's pop thing, the kid who used to put like one of each little... Yeah, swamp water. The swamp water. Make a little swamp water. I wonder if you'll be able to ask the person behind the counter to do one part orange drink, one part Sprite. Yeah, yeah. One it's part not the same, beer. though. You got to do it yourself yeah, and get you, the ratios you right. You feel like a scientist <laughs> <laughs> when you're mixing the pop yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs>
Make sure the formula is perfect. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I'm gonna want to you. Whoa, I'm gonna want to you. When the feeling's right, I'm I want to want all night. I'm going to want to you. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and we're Taz and Jim. Our co-worker friend Juan the Colombian has joined us in the studio. Juan, there's some big news. Back, back home, everyone's mm-hmm. talking about this little miniature alien thing that they found. I know. It's crazy. I... I you know what? Like, I couldn't sleep just to think about it. To be honest, I'm not being, like, no joking or anything. I don't believe in conspiracies or anything. Yeah. But This freaked you out? Well, a little bit. It's like, well, I know... Tell th- us about what's going on. Well, the thing is that... So they found in Peru, in a mine, they found this little guy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like E.T. It's like or, a small... A little something. Yes. Character. So Mummified. He, He's mummified, or she, or or they. It, like, it, I yeah. don't know. Ed, yeah. And Z- 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 they. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're twenty twenty three, right? Yeah, who we knows? don't know if it's yeah. So basically, what happened is that they found this. A, they say a long time ago, mm-hmm. and they did a studies on it, and um, they used carbon fourteen. That's the stuff they use for checking how old things are. Yeah. And they found out this thing is pretty pretty old, like more than a thousand years old. And the one thing that freaks me out is that when you look at it, it just is so tiny and fragile mm-hmm. that it scares me. It, it, you know what it reminds me of? Remember those little guys from Men in Black? The ones that were in the kitchen? That's <laughs> what it reminds me of. Yeah. The sassy ones that those are like ones, got that the big are bellies? Yeah, and yeah. And stuff. Hey, Zed. I, I thought you were going to say it reminds me. Remember the, what was, it was Men in Black, right? Where the guy's face opens up yeah. and there's a little yeah. alien like running the that body. too, yes. It looks like that. It looks like that. It so, looks like E.T. It's got a big, big head that yeah. like kind of shoots out and it's kind of not like a human head. It's 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 longer forward wise. I don't know how else to but describe it. Looks, it. it looks be, because this is the thing that we have to picture people. It's like you say bigger, but it's not big. It, it's it looks bigger because of our cr- like how our heads are that yeah, are yeah. just kind of round. But if you look at the head, it's not big. It's like you can fit everything. Everything's tiny. It's a, it's a cute little guy. <laughs> it is a little guy. Little cute yeah. guy. Uh, Jim, you're you're a bit of a conspiracy love alien stuff guy. So <laughs> tell us what have you heard. What is the speculation about what this is? Do people think it's actually a little miniature alien that has been found in this mine over in Peru? Now, if we're going super conspiracy theories, people like the super conspiracy theorists are thinking that governments around the world are going to try to pretend that there's an alien invasion to try to manipulate people. Now, that's the crazy conspiracy. What they think this is, is like if you're going down a different avenue is perhaps it's a Frankenstein. If it is a if it is truly biological material, it's not like a fake statue or something like that, that perhaps it's a either a Frankenstein's monster of different animals put together to look like some sort of human. Okay, kind of. And they do that in the old like traveling freak shows. Yeah, the taxidermists would put together parts of different animals 
to make it look like there was some crazy creature yeah, yeah. that existed. Or it could be in a condition that was around a thousand years ago that would get, like, morph kid. Like, say a kid was born with a certain condition, they look different, or, you know, right. a, a small mutation in their genetics about, or something like, like that. shrunken heads? Because that kind of, you know the end of Beetlejuice where he's sitting next to the guy with the shrunken yeah, head? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what, what I, that I was going to say, yeah. And then another thing is, like, a, a body that was manipulated. Like, you've seen, you've seen people stretch their necks or change the shape of their head in yeah. the past by doing wearing certain helmets or something like that. So it could be those, but it could just be also a giant hoax. Right. So who knows what it is. But I don't think... Th- this is my thing, though. The thing is that <laughs> if... <laughs> one wants to believe here. Well, I, do I don't want you to lose because... sleep over it, No, though, but one. this is the thing. I'm not going to lose like lose, lose sleep over but the thing that it makes me wonder is that, yes, I know about the small heads and people modifying their bodies because we come from Indians that will modify their bodies. You know, they will do like the big lips. In South America. Yes. Yeah. So they will like basically mutate their bodies, right? But they did a study on this little guy and they (laughs) study things that were inside of him and they said they're not human. I know I'm, you might think I'm crazy. Mm. The positive is even if this is an alien, Mm -hmm. you think you could take that thing? Especially in South America. Pretty good soccer down there. If those little <laughs> aliens try to invade, they're getting kicked all oh, over the place. Dude. That's true. That's true. Just I can take a bunch thing. of them down. That's it. Like little gremlins. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know. Mars attacks aliens are pretty small. It depends what tech they have. Yeah, do they have right. helmets oh, and laser are. guns? Or how many? Yeah, how yeah. many of those things do you think you could fight before you? they'd have a chance to beat you? Ooh, I would say like probably like 20. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. We got to give a Taz and Jim kudos to this guy. I saw the the video online and boy, did it crack me up. The fashion industry is so pretentious and just ridiculous. So to see them get knocked down a peg is great. Uh, A guy, New York Fashion Week, made his own outfit. And he snuck onto the runway at a big fashion show, Jim. Yeah. And made an outfit is very generous. But he's <laughs> he's basically wearing a bathing cap. Like, uh, you know, something you wear in the shower yeah. if you didn't want to get your hair wet. And then he's wearing a see-through uh, rain poncho, essentially, that you wear at a concert. He's shirtless underneath. He's wearing pink shorts and he's got white shoes on. And he's strutting down the runway. And as he's doing it, people are clapping and people are taking pictures and they're cheering for him. They think it's a cool look. But you see him kind of, he's like kind of looking over his shoulder like he's doing something <laughs> sketchy. And his his walk isn't as perfected as everybody, all the other models doing the same thing. And nobody knew what was going on until a security guard chased him down the rest of the runway and then off the stage and out of the building. Because, yes, this guy is a YouTube star who pranked Fashion Week. I don't know exactly how he got up on stage, if he went backstage first and snuck out or just jumped up the, on the runway at some moment, but he was he was yeah. on there. And The looking over the shoulder is my favorite part because he knows. Yeah, and there's a, couple like times, there's a couple times he, he is expecting to get tackled, yeah, and yeah. he's surprised. He looks over his shoulder. He's like, oh, they're well, still not on to me. Yeah, I got to keep walking. <laughs> I got to keep strutting my stuff. <laughs> but even when I first saw him, I didn't know the context of the story or what the video was about. I saw the outfit and I said, oh, here's another stupid outfit. Because it looks indistinguishable from half the stuff I see yeah. at these shows. A plastic rain poncho, a shower cap, and a pair of shorts 
from Balenciaga yeah, yeah. is going to cost you $7,000. What a deal. Yeah. <laughs> Kanye is going to be wearing it next week. <laughs> With those dumb big red boots. Yeah. <laughs> the Astro Boy boots. Oh, I love it. Good yeah. for that guy. Fred Byer is his name if you want to check out his pranks on Instagram. Do, do we know if he was arrested? Uh, Doesn't say I don't in the see article. Anything. I mean, trespassing. What do you really get arrested with? Yeah. Uh, causing a public disturbance. I don't know, but it's he hilarious. He was arrested by the fashion police. Time for sports. Devin Peacock is our sports guy. He's here with us. And some wild allegations being shot at Mike Babcock by the Spittin' Chicklets podcast. Mike Babcock is back, and he is right into it. I mean, the season has the preseason hasn't even started, and he's already on the hot seat. Babs is now the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and here's what uh, Whitney and Biz were talking about on the podcast. He gets to Columbus. And one of the first things he does is he calls in Boone Jenner, the captain of the team, and he says, let me see the photos in your phone. I want to know the type of person you are. What the f*** is going on? Is that is that even legal? I, I, that, I, it feels like it's totally I illegal. I want to get him on the podcast to grill him about his antics as a head coach. Pretty crazy allegation if it's true. An insane allegation. When I heard this yesterday, I thought Babcock was like, must be a psychopath. How do you do this when you just got a job after almost being run out of the NHL because of what happened in Toronto with Mitch Marner and how he was treating the players there? It's the worst when you just show a random person a picture on your phone and then they start scrolling without asking through your photos. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you going? Imagine it was your boss. I would not want to show my phone to my boss or to almost like uh, to anyone. Or especially the police, I'm sure, Deb. (laughs) But the point is... But the point is that he's trying to shame them for partying all summer? Or so, what is the idea behind this? A lot has happened since that podcast dropped. The There's been an investigation. There have been a number of players who have come forward, including Boone Jenner, who is the captain of the Blue Jackets, Johnny Gaudreau, one of the top players on the Blue Jackets, who both say the way it was shared on the podcast is not accurate. They say what happened is they met with Babcock. He asked to see pictures of their family. He showed them pictures from his phone, of his family, as a way to get to know each other. Elliot Friedman has been reporting. He's done this now in Columbus, Toronto, even going back to Detroit. This is something he does. So it's nothing new. So he wants to see family pictures. He's not trying to catch you in the act by scrolling through your pictures until he finds something. There was also some allegations that he was airdropping photos from players' phones almost to use as blackmail against them. So the Elliot Friedman report said there's a lot of broken telephone with this whole story where it's kind of you know, changed over the years. What he does, apparently, is he puts your phone onto the screen in his office with you and the player. So, But it's not worth the whole team to say, hey, look, what 
Devin did. Look what Devin's oh, okay. doing. And hmm. so he's making it easier to see the pictures so you're not both crowding over your phone to see the pictures. Hmm. I don't know. I've heard a lot of stories about Babcock, and now all of a sudden he's the family man who wants to, how are the kids and family? Let me see. Catch up with the little rascals. The problem for Babcock is he gets no consideration because of his past, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we know what he's done in the past with the bullying, the way he's treated players. You don't get a whole lot of margin for error on this. However, if you're Boone Jenner and you're the captain of the team, if you're Johnny Gaudreau and you're one of the star players on the team, who are you going to support? The new coach who you could easily get fired if he's stepping over the line or the rest of your teammates? Are you going to go against everyone else like other players in the so NHL? So you believe Boone Jenner, the pride of Dorchester, Ontario. Babcock was innocent in this, just wanting to see family pictures. I started this against Babcock. I ended the day on Team Babcock just because I think that is the most logical outcome from this. It makes the most sense beyond Babcock being a psychopath and wanting to embarrass the team as a way to get everyone to come together and know yeah. them. It he's, not make, he's asserting dominance. Well, you gotta, if you're in a room of alphas, you got to get in there, tear a few people down. But why would you tear down the captain as a way to endear yourself to the team? Yeah, it's not the best team-building exercise, is it? Which is why I don't think it happened the way they explained it on the Spitting Chicklets podcast. They hate Babcock. There's a lot of people who hate Babcock. I think their hatred of Babcock has gotten the best of them in this situation. Caw-caw.